Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Happy Friday, Freckled Foodie family. Today we are joined by Tanisha Wood, who is a matchmaker and the founder of The Broomless, which is the first and only matchmaking firm dedicated to pairing successful black professionals. The members are personally vetted and screened, and we get into this process towards the end of the show, and let me tell you, they are vetted. She also hosts the DRL podcast, Dating Relationships and Love, where she shares life-changing lessons and explores unique dating experiences covering the full spectrum of relationships. We kind of get into everything regarding dating, matchmaking, and love. And you guys know I've been with Joe for a very long time now, so it's hard for me to ever give dating advice because I can share our relationship experience and like what we've learned and what's worked for us, but I've never been on a dating app because I was 16 when I met him. So we kind of dive into the apps and everything to look for, how to kind of like put your expectations out there, how to create your profile, and also just like generally how to let go of the control that so many of us feel in all aspects of our lives, whether it's dating or for me, like mothering and just every single day. So we get into a lot of different topics. I hope you guys enjoy. This is again, Tanisha Wood. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Tanisha, thank you so much for joining Freckled Foodie and Friends. I'm very excited to have you on. Thank you for having me, Cameron. Of course, I was saying this before we started recording, but I am someone who has been with my husband for, I guess it's 14-ish years. I don't even know now. We've been married for like two and a half, but we've been dating since I was 16. And so when my community asks me like dating questions or advice or like, how do you deal with the apps? I'm like, I have no experience to give. I can talk about our relationship and what's worked for us, but like I cannot give dating advice for the life of me. So I'm very happy to have you on to help the Freckled Foodie community who might want some advice in this field. Yes. I mean, there are so many questions with dating, but when I hear like someone like you, who's been with their partner for 16 years, I'm like, oh my God, I have questions. (laughs) I do. Yeah. I get a lot of DMs from people who are like, I'm in a long-term relationship or, you know, younger girls who are going off to college and they're like trying to figure out if they're going to stay with their high school boyfriend. And I mean, it's a, that whole 
our whole relationship is like a different piece of advice. It's a whole different journey that I I happily talk about, but I don't think a lot of what I've experienced applies to the dating experience in today's world, especially when it's so heavily app focused because I, you know, I never have been on a dating app. Right. Which is like (laughs) slightly mind blowing (laughs) just because of how pervasive dating apps have become in the cultures. But like with people like you, I almost just want to like, put you on an app just to experiment, not to like, you know, cheat on your husband or anything like that. (laughs) I know my husband and I always say we'd be so bad on them. And like, I have a few of my single girlfriends who are on them and I'll be like, can I just look at the, like, and I'll just go on their account and I'm like with them swiping and like messaging just because I feel so left out. I'm like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. What are you swiping? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So can you give us, for people who have not been introduced to you or your work before, can you give us a little bit of your elevator pitch, what you're doing, and like what the broom list is? Yeah. So my name is Tanisha Wood, and I am a matchmaker, dating coach, and founder of The Broom List, um, which is a, a matchmaking service for successful Black professionals. Um, and that, you know, the starting of the broom list came from my own experience dating. I started it, uh, just about a year ago at this point, and I'd been matchmaking for some years, but I really wanted to specifically focus on successful black professionals because, um, I'd lived in several major cities and, you know, I was recognizing that that segment of, of people was largely, um, untapped, you know, there wasn't any apps or, um, or services that specifically focused on that. And, you know, when I first moved out to San Francisco, I lived in Minneapolis and moved out to San Francisco. Um, you know, I started online dating pretty early on. I never had any qualms about it. And I met a lot of great guys that way. And I, I sort of like started to keep them around, but not in a dating capacity, but I guess I friend zoned a lot of them because they were good guys. There was like nothing wrong with them, but I was just like, they're not for me. So when I would meet girlfriends and they'd ask, you know, how are you meeting these guys? I'm like, I'm on all the apps. And you got to remember, this is 2008 timeframe where people weren't even admitting that they were on apps. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I would, I would start connecting them with the guys I'd been out with. And then eventually I just sort of became that person that, you know, could, could help you find somebody or had been out with the guy you might want to go out with. Um, And so I've been matchmaking unofficially for some years. And then five years ago, I just decided I should really get paid for all of this. So I quit my full-time sales job and, um, you know, started coaching at that point and then started matchmaking. And here we are today. It's so interesting because I do think that there's a very specific type of person that is capable of matchmaking. And I have like one friend in my life who has set up multiple people and like they are just such a matchmaker. It's like inherently something they're always thinking about. They're keeping people in mind. They're figuring out who aligns with one another. I think you also have to be really good at observing characteristics and understanding a human at its core. And I've successfully like, I consider this couple I've set up. I honestly did not set them up. They just happened to meet at my wedding and it's my best (laughs) friend and my husband's college roommate. There was no setup whatsoever. It just happened to be at our wedding. So I'm counting it for me. But did you always know that this was something like, was this something you were doing? I know you said you were kind of doing on your own for five years, but like, even like when you were younger, was this something that was happening? Like, I feel like there are people who are 
connectors, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've always been into understanding people at their core. So I'm never the person that asks, you know, so what do you do? Like, I, I, I hate questions like that. It's more for me, like, who are you? And like, what makes you tick? And like, tell me a funny story. And so I like sort of getting deep with people right away. And it sometimes feels very invasive, right? Like if you just mm-hmm. meet me and I'm like, so tell me about your last relationship. What happened? Um, but me sharing those things also allows people to open up. And so that's how I create connection. And that's how I create friendship um, is just by really getting to the core of who people are sooner than later. Um, and that's how I figure out if they're my people, right? Like totally. if, if we could get that deep early on, like we have a connection. If not, we might not, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so I've always been into understanding people in that way. And, you know, as a result of that, anytime I thought, okay, that person and that person like talk about a lot of the same things or have had some of the same experiences or like could learn from each other. Like I'll connect them and even on a friendship level, you know, it's, so it wasn't always about dating, but um, I'm that person where, you know how some people have uh, certain friendship groups and they're like, well, I wouldn't invite this friend to this event. Yes. I'm inviting this friend. And it's sort of like this well thought out mapping. I've never been that person. So any event I have, I'm inviting colleagues. I'm inviting friends from junior high. I'm inviting ex-boyfriends. Like, you're all coming in this room and you're going to like it. And if you don't like each other, figure it out. Um, but, you know, I, I've, I've always loved to bring people together in that way. Um, but, yeah, I never segment people. <laughs> I feel the same way with my friends. Like, I am very much a quote-unquote host when it comes to things. Mm-hmm. And so, like, all of my friends from different realms of my life are friends with each other, which I love because then when I want to do something, whether it's, like, my bachelorette party or a birthday party, everyone that's there, whether you're from my middle school, high school, college, real world, whatever, like, you already know these people and right. they're already your people. Right, right. And it just makes life so much easier. It does. It does. <laughs> So you mentioned that you were on the apps before people were like comfortable saying that they were on the apps. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I have a fr- I have a few friends now who have like met their significant others, fiancés, husbands on apps. And now I feel like we're finally in a place where when someone asks, how'd you meet? They feel comfortable saying Bumble, Tinder, Hinge, whatever right. it is. Like, do you, what, what are your thoughts on the stigma that there once was regarding dating apps and like where we're headed in the future? Yeah. I mean, I still remember when people used to say things like, well, let's say that we met at the bar, you know, in case this goes anywhere, let's say we met at the bar because I mean, technically we did meet at the bar tonight and it's like, (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) So I'm glad that we're not there anymore. Um, And I'm glad that like, we're getting rid of the stigma that somehow the people that met online or are trying to find love online, you know, are desperate or nobody in the real world wants them like, like, what don't we do Mm -hmm. online now? Right? So at this point, it'd be almost abnormal if you're not in a relationship. And this is not something that you're using as a tool in order to meet somebody. Um, So I think we've definitely come a long way. Um, And I think it's just a way of life now. Like it's absolutely just something that we do. It's another way that we meet people. Um, I mean, I even know, and outside of dating apps, I know so many people that have just met on Instagram, you know, or Mm -hmm. just met through random forums online. So it's just, and especially with COVID, this is how we live now. This is how we do things. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Like give those apps credits when you, uh, when you meet on them. I agree. And I even think about, you know, I mentioned I've never been on dating apps, but like through my platform, 
my Instagram, I've met other specifically, mainly females in this space who are doing a similar thing. And, you know, then I start connecting. You mentioned before we started recording that you listened to an episode with Dr. Akila Kaday. And she's an example where like I started following her on Instagram. I DM'd her. We started talking. She came on my podcast. We text like it's almost like my Instagram and like the other creators that I become friends with is like my taste of these online dating apps because I'm forming <laughs> like actual relationships, friendships with these people who I've sometimes never met. Or when I eventually meet them, we've been talking for like a year or something online. And I remember when I first started doing this, my husband was like, you're going out to lunch with someone that you message on Instagram. Like I don't <laughs> get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the new world that like we just haven't experienced because we haven't gone on dating apps. Yeah. And to me, I don't really feel a difference anymore. You know, like to me, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like I could meet somebody and I don't even remember how at a certain point, I don't remember how we met. It's just like, oh, I, gosh, I guess we did meet on Instagram years ago. Like, but it, it, it it's all one in the same now. Absolutely. And, you know, we're, now that we're talking about the apps, how do you, like, what are your thoughts on favored apps or the way apps are like, not back end, but you know how some are different where like the female has to reach out first. Like, is there one app? Obviously we would recommend people use the broom list. If you're a black professional listening to this, who's looking to like find mm-hmm. love, but for someone who maybe isn't, do you have opinions on specific apps or like which apps you recommend or find work the best? I mean, it depends on what you're going for. So I would say if you're going for a serious relationship, there's some apps that might be better because there's more serious people on there. Or if mm-hmm. you're going for something that's a little bit more playful and specifically focused around dating, like, you know, there's there's apps you can use there, right? So, but I, I don't want to focus on that because what I do want to say is whichever app you use, the best thing that you can do is to be clear about who you are and be clear about mm-hmm. what you're looking for and have a good profile. So if you're on the best app possible with the most, you know, for, for with without trying to sound like an ad, the most singles in your area, like <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're not displaying yourself in the best possible light. And so that would be the recommendation is like, get a great profile. And how you get a great profile is like, what are you even on this app for? Like, what do you want? Like, do you want to just date and explore and see what's out there and have somebody to hang out with in the city? Do you want a committed relationship? You know, do you want a life partner? What is it that you're looking for? And I find that when people don't have success on dating apps, um, it's not because there's some, nobody out there for them. It's not because their type's not out there. It's because they're not clear on who they are and what they're looking for. And therefore, you're getting spaghetti thrown at the wall. It's, there's nothing clear that you're telling people to come at you for. And then what ends up happening is you either get everything where it's just a lot of randos that you would not be interested, you know, coming at your profile, um, or you get nothing at all. And in either of those scenarios, the dating app frustration begins, which is where you're starting to feel like, well, here I am just sitting at home endlessly swiping and nothing's actually happening. Right. So like take a step back, stop swiping, take a step back and really examine if who you are is reflected on your profile. Um, and ask some friends too, like, Hey, if you know, ask somebody, uh, just a friend, just ask your friend, like, Hey, 
what would you think of this app or what would you think of this profile rather? If you just are swiping through, am I somebody you would stop on based on what you're seeing and reading? Yeah. I mean, and I think that it's hard because there's so much pressure on like just a profile, but it's true. It's like the one thing that they're seeing, like you need to not stand out, but you need to like put yourself forward, be whatever you want the person to see of, but also like, like you mentioned, what are you there for? Because I think people go into these scenarios for very different reasons. Exactly as you mentioned, you might want to just like go for a casual date and like have fun. And like, maybe you just got out of a serious relationship and you're just looking to get your feet wet again. Or maybe you're like, I've dated so many fish. I want to find my like prince, whatever you want to call it. Like I want to get married. Like I want a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. And it all interests me so much. I'm curious, like what is your dating history? If you feel comfortable sharing. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I am in a relationship now. We've been together for almost four years. Uh, we met because he saw me on Tinder, but when he saw me, um, my profile, basically it it was a horrible profile. I just have to be honest about that. (laughs) It was just like two pictures of me. And then it said, um, most of your, uh, most of your profiles aren't great. I can help. So this is when I was just transitioning from <laughs> a career in sales to, uh, to the, to full-time dating coaching. And so really my Tinder profile at the time was basically an ad and confusion as to like my next step in life. And by the way, I had gotten out of a relationship a couple months before that. So I was slightly better not wanting a relationship at all. Um, So we didn't match on Tinder, but he sent me a DM on Instagram and he said, I saw you on Tinder. Um, You know, I'm not sure if you're dating or not. I couldn't tell by your profile, but would love to take you out. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I said, thanks, but no thanks, essentially. And um, he said, okay. And then a couple days later, he says, well, I've been looking at your profile and I saw that you did some TV stuff. And, you know, my brother's writing this pilot, maybe you guys should talk. And I was like, well, tell me more. Like, and then he, it's like some acting right. role. I was like, Oh, no, 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 I'm not like an actress. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've just been on like a reality show. I'm not an actress. And um, he goes, Okay, well, like, we should still like get together maybe sometime and talk. So he's trying to find like any in at this point. But just where I was in life, where I was going through career change, you know, I'd gotten out of a relationship, I wasn't exactly sure what my next step was. So I was just not interested. And then um, he just kept randomly reaching out. Like, you know, he'd see something on my profile and be like, oh, like, that's a, that's a cool park you're sitting in. Like, what, what, where's that park? Or, you know, I would love to join you sometime. And then um, eventually we just sort of became text buddies or Instagram texting buddies, like nothing serious. And I wasn't considering him like that yet. And then one time I was having a really horrible day and he said, Hey, how's your day going? And you know how generally you're not honest when you don't know somebody that well. Mm-hmm. And like, you're, you might, may or may not be interested romantically. So you're just like, uh, it's fine. You know, just a quick whatever. And for some yeah. reason I was like, it's a really horrible day actually. And then, um, I just completely unloaded on everything that was going on. Um, and he was like, he, he called me right away. And then he starts, and this is like the middle of the day on a Tuesday. And then, um, he just was walking me through this. He's like, here's what I would suggest. This was a a business oriented thing that was happening. He's in finance. And he was like, here's what I would suggest. And like connected me with some people. And then at that point I was like, wow, who sits on the phone with you for an hour in the middle of the day uh, for no reason really. And I remember telling one of my friends about this. We were like just walking around Brooklyn and I was like, 
the weirdest thing happened. So this guy, I, I don't even know what this is. We just text occasionally. And he just was like sitting on the phone with me and he was so nice. And I'm just like, I don't understand what, what he wants. I mean, I kind of already rejected him a couple of times. So I'm, I'm not really sure what this is. And then um, after that, I happened to be going on sort of a, an eat, pray, love journey where I had, like I said, I quit my job. So I had all this like free time. And so I booked a trip for two months, just going to like eight different countries. And um, after he'd had this, you know, midday Tuesday conversation with me, a couple days later, he said, Hey, would like love to meet up for coffee. And at this point, I was like, Okay, I mean, coffee, he did spend all that time talking me through that. Let's go. So we went to yeah. coffee. And at, um, I could tell he was nervous. Like he was like sweating. Like he was just, he was really nervous for some reason. And so at coffee, you know, we had a casual conversation. He seemed like a nice guy. And, but at that point where I was with, for me, I was just like, yeah, I'm not trying to date right now. And I, and plus I'm going away for two months. I'm going to be doing me. So I'm telling him that I'm going away on this trip. And he says, well, where are you going? So I tell him all the countries I'm going to. And he says, Oh, you know, one of my best friends lives in Spain and two of my really great girlfriends live in Paris. Like, you know, let me connect you with them. And I was like, okay, you know, and then he actually did it. He actually sent the messages. I end up meeting up with these people, you know, across the world on my journey. And they're great. Like his, his good friend in Spain and his wife took me out for my birthday and they were just amazing people. And then the two friends that he introduced me to in Paris were both really great. One of them was the good friend of his ex-girlfriend who still had great things to say about him. Um, but I say all that to say, like, I started to get to know him through these people. And then at a certain point, I remember I was just like sitting in a park in Madrid and we were like texting back and forth and he texted me a meme and I'm sitting here just like laughing out loud. And I was like, dang it, I didn't even mean to like him. Um, and then, uh, we ended up talking on the phone when I was in London for like nine hours. We literally discussed nine hours. Like, I mean, where it was like, Hey, I have to go pee. Hey, let me go grab something to drink. (laughs) Like, um, and we talked about everything, you know, like flaws, what we wanted, what we didn't. Um, it was just a very, I mean, it's nine hours. It was a very, very deep conversation. We wrote down like goals for ourselves and our relationship. Mind you, we didn't have a relationship yet, (laughs) but it was just like very future looking. And then when I got home, we moved in together about a month later. Oh my God. That is a story. I'm so glad I, <laughs> I that there's so much to unpack in a wonderful way. I mean, A, like just off the top, when you say that he like set you up with all these people, he clearly is a connector also, which is interesting just given what we were talking about in the beginning of our conversation regarding you connecting people. Like that is such an incredible quality. And I do think it speaks measures to the person because if you trust the person who's connecting you and you meet Mm -hmm. these other wonderful people, it's like, okay, well then this person clearly understands us. They understand who I vibe with. They understand my likes, my dislikes. Like they similarly see humans at their core. Yep. I guess he was a matchmaker too from the beginning now that I think about it. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. And it, it speaks to the fact that people who you surround yourself with are such a reflection of like how of you and how you view the world and people. Right. And I just am curious selfishly, like this whole eat, pray, love trip. What were your like personal takeaways from this? I really felt like I could do anything on my own after that. You know, I think 
that was my first time traveling for that length of time alone. Like I've been alone for maybe like weekends or trips that were like work trips and things like that. But just to, you know, go to all these different places by myself, I felt really free. And I felt like there wasn't much I couldn't do after that, you know, and I think I also had a lot of clarity, like I had time to just think because I'm a planner, you know, so I've always been the sort of type A, here's what I want in six months, here's what I want in a year, here's what I want in five years. And I think because of like, and it makes you uncomfortable when that's not in place. There's like a, oh my God, what's happening? And and you, you feel panicky at times. But I think for the first time, I didn't know what my next step would be, which made me anxious, but at the same time gave me a moment to just be open to whatever comes. Because if you're always so stuck to the plan and the expectation of what it is that, you're, that you want and that you're going after, in a way, you kind of close yourself off to the unexpected things that can come within that. And so I think, you know, that relationship formed out of the fact that I was more open because I didn't have a plan for what was next. And I think that was the beauty of it for me. And something that I've always kept in mind is that, Tanisha, just like, do what you love, like, just explore, be open, and like, good things will happen, you know, and I always sort of go back to in my head, remember when you did that? Remember how like, great things started happening after that, because you were open? Um, And even in planning the trip, I was open, like, I, I just booked based on what was the next cheapest flight, I didn't even have like, particular places I was trying to go. (laughs) It's interesting, because I'm a very type A planner person as well. And inherently when I'm struggling or anxious, like my first thing to do is to try to control and plan. And like, I'll open my calendar as if it's like a drug. And I'm like, okay, what can I schedule? Like, how can I go about this? Just to calm myself. And it doesn't necessarily help. It's not a tactic I recommend, but it's inherently where my brain goes. And I will say that for me, motherhood has been like the true test of like the unknown and just going with the flow because you cannot plan a lot. And like there are times where even today I have a very busy day planned. I'm back from maternity leave. I'm like, okay, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. I'm going to get all this stuff done before Liam wakes, before the first feed. Of course he wakes up at four in the morning and I'm then up with him (laughs) since four in the morning. So like my plan always goes to shit. However, (laughs) It's also allowed me to, in a sense, let go of the need to plan and be more go with the flow and be more willing to like just observe what potentially could happen without me trying to like strangle it like a bottleneck. That's kind of how I envision Mm -hmm. like the control is like you're holding on so tightly. And I think that when I've been like that in the past, I've missed such incredible opportunities because it's not necessarily what I thought should happen or needs to happen or is the next step. And so I closed myself off from that. And similar to what you said before, when business-wise, when I like take a second to let go and I enjoy what I'm doing and I live more in the moment and I stop obsessing about the future, that's actually when the most interesting and honestly like financially beneficial opportunities come my way. When I'm like Mm -hmm. obsessing over every little step and nonstop like trying to do things that are out of my control, that's when I feel like I'm in this middle ground where I'm not moving forward, I'm not moving backward, I'm just stagnant. 
Yep. Yep. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like I see this trait more now in myself because I have to help my clients work through this like fear of letting go. And it, it clicks for me sometimes where I'm like, yep, I, I do that. I know I get it. I, I see you doing it. And now I'm seeing it even more in me. But when it comes to dating, it's that same, it's that, it's that same thing of, wanting to control exactly what the outcome is going to look like. You know, it's that list of like, I want a partner that, you know, is this tall or looks like this or has this career or lives here. And it's in that control that we're actually closing off the best possible people for us. And I've seen such a shift in the people that are able to let go. Like I have two types of clients and type one is like, okay, here's the exact person I want. And they're essentially just, you know, and they'll actually come to me sometimes with a list. Like here is the person I've that can like create this human. Right. Right. As if I have a machine that I'm just like, (laughs) I'm building a woman or I'm building a man right now. Um, and then I have others that are just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. My type hasn't been working for me. So what do you think? Um, and I mean, I love all my clients, but I, I, I love working with the open person more because there's just so much room there, you know, there's so much room for growth. And like, there's also an understanding that if you've been doing the same thing and it's not working, you need to do something different. Like if you have a type and your type hasn't historically worked out, perhaps that's not your type. Perhaps that's what you want to be your type, but isn't your type. And so there has to be an openness there in dating. Like, yes, there has to be attraction and chemistry and all of those things that are necessary, but there has to be an openness and a willingness to let go of exactly what you think it should look like. Because like, we're human beings at the end of the day, like we're not this structured, we're gonna show up just like this every day. We're not robots. Like it's, it doesn't happen like that. And so when it comes to, to dating, I would say like, just the biggest thing is just know who you are and then open yourself up. Like don't you, there doesn't have to be a prescriptive list that you stick by. Right. And obviously there can be certain things that you're looking for, like that's more moral spaced, but then I would say like, allow yourself to experiment. Even like, I mean, I can think back, I was 16, but like my now husband was someone that I thought was going to be set up with two of my best friends. Like I was like, Oh my God, you should totally go for him. Like he'd be perfect for you. Like I had, it was, it was not of interest to me. And then we started hanging out and I was like, wait, hold on a second. I think I misread the situation and I think I like you. Um, but he, I did but have, Oh, I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. No, 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 go. Cause I was going to, I was going to say, question. I had a, I had a quick question for you just, in yeah. terms of would would you say that in a long term relationship, even being with somebody since you were a teenager and now being married, now having a child, like, isn't there a certain level of openness that you have to have there? Because there's so much that evolves during that time. Like, I am sure that the person you met at 16 is not the same person today. And like, there has oh my to God, be no. an openness in order to accept that. Otherwise, you'd spend your whole life going well, when we were 16. <laughs> exactly. You promised. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, similarly, you have to be willing to adapt. Like, I think both of us have evolved immensely. I mean, we are different people and we're in a different relationship. And like, 
I think I've personally grown a lot, but no matter what growth I've done, like Joe has bloomed into the most, most wonderfully emotional, in touch, vulnerable, like incredible male. And the 16 year old that I was dating, like, I'm sorry, he just didn't care about these types of things. He wasn't (laughs) like having these conversations. He wasn't meditating. He wasn't like asking my thoughts on like world topics or like, you know, calling out friends on like bullshit anti-feminist comments. Like we've both evolved so much and I am so grateful for that. But I also think that like with, when it comes to long-term relationships, you have to be willing to grow and let your partner grow. And I say that all the time, like Joe and I are growing separately, but on parallel tracks. Obviously Mm -hmm. it's important that you're headed in the same direction because you want to end up at the same place. You don't want one person growing and like a complete opposite direction of you, but you have to let them grow on their own. Like you cannot control their growth to fit into a person that you want them to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Allowing yourself the openness to see what happens, I think, is just important, whether you're in a relationship already or you're looking to find a relationship. Mm-hmm. I did have some people submit questions. Yes. And I one of them was, I've been trying all of the apps. They are just not working personally for me, and I don't love conversations online. How do you recommend finding people outside of the dating apps? Yeah. So- if you want, to, I think we can't discount the, the, the true role of just being in person, right? Like we talked about yeah. at the beginning, like online is the way of the world for everything. Um, but I do think that it doesn't necessarily require you to go into a bar, you know, make it known that you're single, you know, check out every person in the bar. It doesn't have to be like that. Like this can happen at any moment of your life. So whether you are at work, whether you're going to the grocery store, and I know this makes things slightly more complex with COVID right now, but whatever activity you're doing where you're not by yourself in your house, like that's when there are people, right? That's when there is potential. And so like talk to people. Like if you see somebody that you were like, oh, I I like that person. Don't just like sit and watch them, right? Like actually go up to them and say, like, start with a compliment. Like, what made you notice this person? Be honest. Like, you know, oh my gosh, like, I really liked your hair. I really noticed you had nice lipstick. I really just am intrigued by you. There's something about you. I'm not sure what it is, but I would love to have a conversation. And so I think get outside of your house and and just be open to people as you see them, wherever you see them. The other thing too, is that you know, you should have sort of a tribe that is working on your behalf as well. So if you're the single one in your group of friends, your friends should know what you're looking for. They should know what type of partner you want, what type of relationship you want so that they could be, you know, your eyes and ears when you're not around. So, you know, if I see, you know, and I did this before I was a matchmaker, but if I see somebody that I'm like, man, like my friend, you know, Vanessa might be a good match with him. Like, I I would talk to this guy. I would say, Hey, are you single? Like, what do you like to do? And, you know, have people work on your behalf. So don't hold in the fact that you desire a relationship. Sometimes I feel like when people are single, there's like this shame in it where, yeah, I'm single, but like, I don't want people to think that I'm desperate or that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm seeking something. And it's like, you don't have to, to, to be seeking a relationship or to be wanting partnership and companionship, it doesn't mean anything about you other than that you're human being, you're a human being. Right. And so mm-hmm. 
really let people around you know what it is that you're looking for. Um, and when you do see an opportunity, don't don't squander it by overthinking or being in your head or withholding. You know, there's this tendency to sometimes play things cool. Like, you know, I like him or her, but like, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to, I'm going to just like play it out, see how it goes. And then you see it go to nothing. So if you like somebody, like let them know that you're interested. And guess what? If they're not interested in you, that's okay. Not your person. Keep it moving, but don't be, don't be silent. Do not be silent. And I also think what you mentioned of like everywhere you go, there are people there. That's an opportunity. Similarly to how we were saying, don't have the set list that you're only looking for. Like be aware of your surroundings, like take out your headphones. And look, I am not one to be like promoting this because I'm always like closed off. I'm always have a headphone in. I'm on the phone. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm on my phone. I'm not great at this. However, (laughs) I do think if you take your headphones out and you put your phone away, you're more aware of your surroundings. You're more inviting for someone else to potentially approach you. And like you might see someone that you would have otherwise missed. Yep. And I had like a client that was pretty shy and I had her do an exercise that I would recommend everybody do if you're trying to meet somebody. But I told her just to make eye contact with everybody she came into contact with, right? So if you're on the street, like if you're on the train, if you're at work, make eye contact and smile. Like that just opens you up so much more to people and like leaves room for conversation. And she was surprised at just how many people engaged with her without her even trying, just by simply smiling right. and making eye contact. And then it also gave her the confidence to, to talk to people more and to open up more. So, you know, see people in the world as you're moving about. Yes, that's a good exercise. Another question, and I know this is obviously so specific, but like, do you believe there's a specific timeline for people to follow regarding making things quote unquote official? I don't think there's a timeline, but I do think that it's important to have a conversation about what you want. So if your expectations of are that, you know, I want a serious relationship and you're seeing somebody whose expectations are, I'm just looking to date, you're already not aligned from the beginning. So the timeline's not going to matter. But if, you know, you and this person are on the same page of like, oh, I definitely want to, I, I want something serious then I think those sort of conversations can be had of like, okay, so, you know, what is, what does that mean for you? Like, what does a serious relationship mean for you? What does exclusivity mean for you? So it's not so much about, you know, at month one, we need to be doing this at month two, we need to be on this page. It's more so making sure that you're having conversations that, um, that, that will ensure that you're actually aligned in the areas that are important to the both of you. And I also think that especially when you're older, like I think that timeline completely changes depending on your age. And when you take COVID into account, I think COVID has just fucked with every timeline because yes. <laughs> you are now like engulfed in this part, like especially during the be- very beginning of COVID, like true lockdown. If you were like locked down or quarantining with someone, your relationship just exponentially flew in a roller coaster timeline ahead. Like you yep. now basically lived with this person. And so I think timelines <laughs> are so dependent on so many different factors. And I know specifically a lot of my friends have got almost caught up in that of like, have we been dating for long enough? When did we start <laughs> dating? Should we make it official? And it really depends on every relationship. And I think again, like the comparison trap of looking at other couples and their timelines and what's happening with them can be the thief of you potentially finding joy in the relationship you're in. 
Yep. Yep. Well, that's those were the two main listener questions I wanted to touch on. Thank you so much for joining the show. This was really, really interesting for me to hear just like from a married person who has not dated perspective. Um, but I would love to plug the broom list for any listeners who are interested. Can you just give like what specific offerings are available if someone was interested in, I guess, joining or becoming a client? Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in joining the broom list, um, it is important that you sort of know the process going in. It does surprise people sometimes because it is a little bit different than some other matchmaking services out there. Um, so the biggest difference with the broom list is, you know, the vetting process that happens. So, um, you know, I mentioned before we do a video call where, you know, we talk about a bunch of different areas. Um, in addition to that, we also do a home tour. So like MTV crib style, show me around your house. I love, that's my favorite part. And it just gives me so much insight into like who people are and what's important to them because, your home is like your most intimate space. It's the one that you have the most control over. And so it's generally very reflective of like what's important in your life. Um, and says so much about your personality. Like I talked to this guy the other day who literally had nothing in his condo. It was a beautiful condo, but he was like, yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't really need much. (laughs) He was a total minimalist. He was a total minimalist, but he also lived his life in a way where he could just get up and go and travel anywhere. And so it's just always cool to see these different personalities. Um, but anyway, in addition to that, we also do a reference check where we talk to a friend or family member, um, you know, just to get an idea of how those closest to you see you. And then after that, um, we set up a date. And then after the date, we do a feedback call, which is a really important part of the process. Because I think that, you know, often we're not aware of ourselves and how we're coming across, if, you know, especially in a situation like a first date. It's like, how did that other person see me? How did they think this went? Um, how am I coming off? And so, you know, I have a really unique opportunity to see both sides of that and to help people grow as a result, you know. So um, a lot of the time, I think the, the feedback is really what helps people to improve then for, you know, the next match. And so the first match is like, I love those first matches because I think so much information comes out of that um, and so much like learning and growth. Um, and then, yeah, so we, we do the, the feedback and then I have a really close relationship with my clients. So, um, you know, we talk all the time and, you know, I'm constantly texting, like, how did it go? Like, you know, what did you like? What did you like? We're, we're very, very close in that way. So I really enjoy having those relationships with my clients and the, the people that I set them up with. Um, but yeah, the, the requirements to join the broom list are that you be a black professional who is at least 28, um, earn at least 75 K annually, um, have at least a bachelor's degree. And then most importantly, you're ready for a committed relationship. And then you can, that is a very well vetted (laughs) process. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) But if you think about it, I mean, like all the questions that, that we ask, um, are really things that should be talked about early enough in even in a dating in, in the dating stage. But you know, it's awkward. You're not going to say to somebody, "Hey, how much debt are you in?" You know, "Hey, right. what do you think?" You know, if we ever get married, what do you think the relationship should be like with your family and with mine? You know, like so things like that that end up, you know, as you know, this being married, like it impact it impacts the relationship if you're not sort of on the same page or aligned in these areas. But it's just things that it's like, I'm not going to ask that on a first date. So don't worry. I, I do the asking for you <laughs> just to make sure that people are truly aligned on these things um, up front. And then once they're out with each other, 
they're really just needing to, to worry about, do I like this person? And is their chemistry, you know, not do they want something serious like I do? You know, how do they view the future? How do they view the role of family? All of that. So, you know, all the, all the stuff you don't want to talk about, I do upfront. <laughs> That's an incredible service. And for anyone who's listening, that was just like, I need this. Where is the best place or who just wants more of you? Where yeah. is the best place to follow you along for all of this? Yeah. So um, you can either go to my website, which is just TanishaWood.com, um, or you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that, just at Tanisha Wood. And all of that will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hello. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Um, now for my kind of like weekly solo recap of what's going on in life. A lot has to do with my emotions. Um, I have like a list, an ongoing list that I keep in my phone of things that I want to catch up on at the end of these episodes. And there's a similar theme this week. Um, I don't know how to explain the certain emotions I'm feeling, but like there is a rage inside of me that has been quieted for so long, for like three years, I'd say. And it is rearing its ugly head in these moments where I realize the things that are pissing me off are so small and trivial and like really not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. But in the moment, I get so heated. So like, let's rewind a bit. Um, Sorry if you can hear Liam crying in the background. That's not your baby. If you have one and you're listening and you hear that, that's not yours. And I'm sorry if your nipples are now leaking. Um, But so first, the going way, way back when I was younger and growing up, especially in like high school and college and right out of college, I definitely had a very short fuse and a bit of a temper. And, you know, I've said before, like I'm a recovering bitch and it is what it is. I'm not going to deny any of that. And that is why I did like so much personal work on myself between meditating and journaling and like cutting back caffeine and exercising and all of these things I've done to kind of quiet that voice because I I really don't like the way I feel when like I get this angry and I was so proud and I am so proud of how far I came but after having Liam like shit has just gone to the wind is that a saying no I don't know, whatever. Everything's just like flown out the window. I no longer meditate. I no longer journal. I'm like rare, like somewhat exercising, but like still while I'm exercising, like the monitor's on or I'm leaving halfway through to help him because he's crying and things like that. And I'm literally chugging caffeine, even though I'm anxious, chugging it. And I'm not taking my CBD because I'm breastfeeding. So there's just a lot going on. And I think that plays into the rage coming back and the anger coming back. Also, some people said like postpartum rage is a really real thing. And I totally believe that. And obviously, I do think maybe that plays a small part into it. And like hormones are just through the roof. But I also think that it's like, this is why I started meditating. If anyone needs a reason of like, oh, well, everyone says you should meditate, you should meditate, you should meditate. Like, here's hard, cold evidence that I have become a different person since stopped since stopping meditating. So for me, this is a wake up call of like, girl, you're getting back on the train. Um, the first thing that I started to notice this with was like my touch overload. And I know that this is very common with moms, especially those who are breastfeeding. I just like don't want to be touched. And 
I mean that in a non-sexual way. I'm not even talking about like that type of touch. I'm literally just talking about like someone physically touching my body or like hugging me or holding me or like sitting too close to me. I just have such a touch overload that I, I need my physical space. And I rarely ever snap at Joe. But lately, I just, I don't know, I feel on edge where I'm like, and there have been a few times like we were on a walk and he just was like walking close to me and I was like you're too fucking close to me like I just lost it uh thankfully he understands that there's more going on and it's not him and you know he's obviously like okay you can't react like that but I under I'm gonna give you a hall pass um so that is the first time I really noticed it. But then the other day, I was trying to hook up my headphones to our Peloton to do like a strength class. And they just like wouldn't connect. And that is not a big deal. Like, it's really not a fucking big deal. Like, cry me a river. You can't do a Peloton workout class. But in the moment, I swear to God, I almost ripped that screen off of the bike. Like, I truly almost hulked that fucker. And... I feel these things inside of me that I honestly can't explain unless you've ever like dealt with this kind of anger rage where like I am so heated and I'm aware of how dumb it sounds in the moment. I'm like, this is so stupid. I should not be this angry, but I'm still that angry. And Joe was in the room and I was like, I'm going to fucking lose it. And he knows me well enough now to like try and be like Cam it's not a big deal like you know he's well aware that I know it's not a big deal and him saying it's not a big deal is not going to help at all so he's like just don't wear your headphones it's okay I don't mind I'm like no it's just that I wanted the headphones to fucking work and this is something that makes my blood boil is when things should work and they don't like inefficiencies and I'm dealing with it also with Apple in general I, I, I actually like hate Apple but it has such a hold on me my computer, I don't know if you guys remember this, but like a year ago, it was like not working. So I took it into the shop one day, just wouldn't turn on. I took it into Apple and they were like, yeah, we'll send it out. Like, don't worry. And then I had to pay like $1,600 and I was never really told ahead of time that that was going to happen. Um, what they fixed was basically my battery and this thing still is like constantly dead and won't work. And then whenever I try to edit anything in iMovie or podcast or whatever, it's constantly frozen and dead. And things like that make me literally want to throw a bitch fit. And that's not okay. Like, I am so aware that that is not okay. So I am really going to try and work on me and getting back to a place where my anger isn't so easily like provoked and just going rogue because I don't want to be that type of person. Um, and someone sent me a message that was like, everything, like you become a new person when you have a baby. And I've said that, I totally agree. But she's like, even down to the point where like things that you have under control before or worked on or all those things, like you completely lose control of those things and you lose the work you've done before because now you're a new human and you need to do the work again. And I am experiencing that firsthand. So I'm really trying to meditate again. I'm trying to journal when I can. I'm like limiting caffeine is really hard for me right now because I'm not, I'm already not sleeping well and I've become fucking addicted to oat milk lattes. It is a bad and expensive addiction, but I can't help it. 
the elk in the West Village is literally my second home. And they have this thing called the Sinful Latte that I get with oat milk. And it's cinnamon and honey. And it's so delicious. I could have five of them a day if my wallet and my anxiety levels would allow me to. So I'm really, we're going to try and limit that. I had a matcha today. I'm like, I'm fucking sorry. It's just not the same. Um, the anger rage is also come up with <laughs> some trolls and honestly like I'm I really don't get many but I just don't understand like why can they never spell why are they always using incorrect grammar I, it just doesn't make sense to me and like I think it's funny because whenever I share some of these things on Instagram people are like oh these aren't real people blah 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 like let me tell you these are real people because I have a mutual connection with someone who's trolling me this week and my friend texted me and was like I know this girl like what the fuck is going on so it, it continues to blow my mind that people will actively like comment or message someone like if if you don't like someone Look, I'm not promoting this, but I get like sending a screenshot to your friends being like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I'm not going to act like I don't do that. I'm not above that. It's not great. I don't like when I do it, but we've all been there. But to then like actively tell the person whose content it is all of your problems with them and just like troll them. That's what I'll never understand. But on a brighter note, I'm going to share something that has been my like light of the past week and a half. And that's Kara Duval Pilates. Um, I've been tagging her on Instagram. I have zero affiliation with this. I've never met her. I am not making any money off of this. I am paying for her like platform. So really there is nothing like promote. There's nothing built in for me to promote this whatsoever. I'm a paying customer, but I am obsessed with her workouts lately. Like they are everything I need right now. I need a release. I need to move my body in a way that feels good. I'm not like that into intense cardio, heavy lifting right now. I just honestly don't have the energy with my sleep schedule and the breastfeeding and everything else that's going on in my life. Um, But her workouts are, they just make me feel really good. And there's nothing better than that. And that's why I exercise, to feel good. So if you guys are like in a rut of workouts and you don't know what to do and you're just kind of over everything because that's how I was feeling, she's awesome. Cara Duval Pilates, you can follow her on Instagram or head to her website and like join her online program. It's a massive, massive library of pre-recorded classes. Um, Otherwise, I'm... A little stress this weekend, we are leaving Liam for the first time, and I think it's weighing on me more than I've realized. We have two weddings, and in general, I'm a little anxious over the whole thing because of COVID. Um, I'm unfortunately not attending the reception of one of the weddings, or Joe is not either, um, because it's indoors, and you know they're taking all the necessary precautions, and they sh- they're doing nothing wrong whatsoever, but I'm just being extra cautious right now because of Liam. So Friday, I'm going to um, my friend from college's ceremony, and then I'm going from there to a wedding in Connecticut where I'm meeting Joe. And so Saturday night is that wedding, which is all outdoors. And I'm really excited to have some like, you know, solo adulting time and hopefully feel like a real human again. And I mean, we're sleeping in a hotel, like sleeping through the night and waking up and all 
try to sleep in and just relax and like poop in peace and enjoy my morning and breakfast and not constantly be stressed about like when Liam has to eat or sleep and all that. Um, I am excited for that, but I'm also like really, really fucking nervous for how I'm going to feel leaving him. Like the idea of not seeing him for that long honestly makes me sick to my stomach. I am so obsessed with him that I'm starting to think it's maybe a problem. Like I think I've become too attached. Um, I don't know if that's a thing, but I feel that way. And obviously, I'm just a little stressed about like making sure everything's okay. And my mom and Joe's mom are coming to watch him and I trust them with our lives and they watch him every week, which is great. So they know him, they know all of that kind of stuff. But still, like me, I don't know, the act of like writing out the schedule for the whole day, morning, day, night, like the bottles, the breast milk that has to be thawed, it's all stress me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. So I'm nervous. I'm excited, but I'm nervous. I have to figure out what I'm wearing. So stay tuned. My Instagram stories will be sharing all of this this weekend. Um, And then this week, we also did the first like mommy and me, except I fucking hate that it's mommy and me. Why is it mom? Like, why aren't dads also doing this? So whatever, baby music class in the park, which like, if you know me, I swore on my life I would never do this shit. Like, I would walk by these classes and be like, I'm never fucking doing that, Joe. Like, I am never doing that. And here I am, sitting in the park, listening to some man named CJ sing about zebras he met in Africa. Like, I... I literally felt like it was an out-of-body experience. I was recording it on my phone to send to my family and Joe, and I'm just looking at myself like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, how did we get here? How did we suddenly become this person? And honestly, I was kind of nervous going into it because I was stressed that it wasn't working or aligning with like his schedule. It was actually like during his nap window, which I knew wasn't going to be great, and it wasn't that great for him. Um... But also, I was like, what if the other moms judge me? I Like, who am I? I had imposter syndrome. I'm like, what do I even wear? How, like, am I a mom? I don't know. I look like I'm 10. I feel like I'm 10. It was such an odd experience for me. But And Joe was like, just don't go then. And I said, I'm not going to let my, like, insecurities or anxiety or, you know, overthinking. I, I really don't want it to affect him. Like, that's something I'm really working on. I don't want to be a helicopter anxious parent and I also don't want like my insecurities impacting his life of doing things so I packed the bag we walked down the west side highway and met up with the class and we did it did Liam like it I don't know um he seemed to enjoy the first 10 minutes and then it was like bitch fit from there on out because he was like why the fuck am I not napping like what is this So we did the rest of the class standing and like rocking him while like everyone else was singing and playing. And he's definitely young for the class. So we'll see. It's an experience. My best friend Jess is doing it with us. She wasn't there for the first week. So I had to do it alone. And I was like, I hate you for doing this to me. But I think it'll be fun. We'll see. I mean, we can always just not go. But I'm gonna try. So that's what's happening over here. Um... I feel like this might have been long. My timer's not on, so I have no idea how long I've been speaking for. But I hope you all have a great weekend, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I am really happy that season four is back, and all of the feedback I've received thus far, I love you guys. The podcast is something that I love doing, but it also is a lot of fucking work to grow. So we're doing it. We're trying. We are good. You know, we're going to make this work, my friends. Have a wonderful weekend. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Freckled Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.